your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday edition of Lacrosse Talk PM, and y'all can probably guess what we should be talking about. COVID nineteen, right? No. Um. Just <laughs> trying to wrap my head around everything that happened the last couple of days is is pretty impossible. And if you want to try to convey your how your thoughts on on how everything went down, now is a good time to do it. Nine two zero nine two zero six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. I almost gave out my cell number. That would have been interesting. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Try to stay off social media for a while. On I think it was Friday night, and then just got sucked in because obviously we're viewing this from a distance, and and then it and then and then the videos never end and the perspectives never end and the the outrage from every which way is is almost comical to to a degree when you see some people are so outraged about one thing and. And I think everyone loses sight of of the the, the situation, <laughs> what started this all. And then, if you want to go back even further, you know what, why, why the the Floyd killing led to all this. And I mean, that's a deep dive that probably from a white dude from Greenville, Wisconsin, can't really. It doesn't have the greatest perspective on, but. Uh, the, the videos, though, that I've seen, and if you want to go down the police version where you could see uh, different members of the police forces doing awful things to protesters, peaceful protesters, not so peaceful protesters, but, all, but, but always, you know, like if you want to find the videos, you can find the videos of these people just like getting, getting taken out by police for no reason. There's, you know, at one point uh, an SUV... Is, is just driving through. They're kind of going pretty pretty hurriedly through the city for whatever reason. I'm sure there's they're in a hurry to get somewhere. But then it's a so it's a police SUV. The SUV opens its door and the passenger door just to nail some protester who's kind of standing out in the road. So a don't stand out the out in the road. But if I drive by somewhere and open or someone drives me by somewhere and I open my passenger passenger door to nail some pedestrian in the street. I feel like that's illegal. And that pedestrian wasn't, you know, if that pedestrian was doing something inappropriate, then then maybe you you arrest them or but just to it just seemed really weird. And there's a lot of videos like that. Like you just get the clip, right? Like so what provoked that? I don't know. But I mean there and then there's other ones where it's it's, it's longer videos and it's just people there's one where there's a bunch of journalists standing in a parking lot, the police are a hundred yards away. It's it's probably it's daylight yet. I don't know. It's probably like seven, eight o'clock, and they're just recording. They're not even. There's nothing even going on. It's like the, an empty parking lot, and police are a hundred yards away. And all of a sudden, they just get hit with with the the rubber bullets or whatever. Uh, the rubber bullets come flying through, and it's just like, what what was the point of that? Like that seems super inappropriate. So you can find those videos, and then you can go on the flip side. You can find. You know, very inappropriate videos from protesters doing stuff. You can, there's that video of the guy. Uh, he's uh, he's dressed in all black. I think this was from Thursday night. And this one led to some conspiracy theories. Uh, he's dressed in all black. He's carrying an umbrella. He's got a black, maybe an N95 mask on where you can't see any of his face. 
and then that people start following. He's and he's got a hammer and he's breaking out uh, windows to an auto zone, and uh, for no reason, right? There's nothing going on around there. Just him breaking windows. So people start following him, try to get it, and it ends up being a white guy. And then the conspiracy comes that it ends up being some, you know, whatever, a cop from somewhere. But the conspiracies, as the night went on over the weekend, uh, just really, really just ramped up. There there were, and are they conspiracies? I don't even know. Uh, there was one where there's a video of somebody showing that somebody just dropped a pallet of bricks, a pallet of bricks off in the middle of the street in the city somewhere, just just for no reason. Uh you know, like what was what's that about? Like, what are you just inciting the violence? Uh, so it's just very a lot of weird stuff and just really kind of disturbing. And and then the whole, you know, if you want to get into the politics of it, and we're gonna blame this these groups and that group and the other group, and uh, you know, and then the outside groups coming into the cities to create havoc to really make it look like. You know, essentially, I would I would guess to make it look like the locals are doing it or to make it look like black people are doing it when it's maybe a bunch of white people that have come in from outside the cities. Uh, so there was that, too, as well. But I'm going to try to go to the phones here. Caller, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, this is Terry, Rick. Hey, Terry, go ahead. Normally, normally I agree with you on a lot of your perspectives and your viewpoints. Tonight, I'm just going to take a little bit of exception because... If you watched the videos and the news and stuff, it was a melee of many different races that were doing this. Not majority white. It wasn't the police being brutal. The peaceful demonstrations happened in the daytime, and at night, the violent people came out, throwing bottles, throwing bricks, and the police are supposed to just sit there and take it? I don't think so. My mother taught me something when I was very young. If you don't break the law, you don't get into trouble. It's that simple. But... Lacrosse, I praise the people in lacrosse, the citizens of lacrosse, the demonstrators of lacrosse, because they did everything the way you're supposed to do it, like Martin Luther King did, peaceful. The people in these other cities, these people deserved what they were getting because they were, they were throwing bricks, they were looting, they were destroying places, they were burning the city down, and the police aren't supposed to do anything? Yeah, you're you're taking my my you're you're saying my perspective is that I'm saying that you could find videos of everything. And of everybody doing stuff that was inappropriate, and those are the videos that get shared. But you know, you're 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 acting but, like I'm calling out police, but I'm just saying those are the videos that, those are some of the videos that I saw. The bricks you're talking about, people throwing bricks. I just said right before you got on, yeah. somebody dropped off a pallet of bricks in the middle of in the middle yeah. of the intersection. Like, what is that? Where did yeah. that come from? Who did that? You know, there's this weird conspiracies <laughs> going on. Exactly, there's bags of rock, Rick. But it was the way you presented it. Instead of saying there was a bunch of white people, it was the cops doing this. There was, there was, the guy that died did not deserve to die. But that's not what's caused most of this. What caused most of this is people who just want to do mayhem at right. any means necessary. They, they, they're paid mayhem people. Well, I that's, mean, that's part of it. I guess, you know, like that's the conspiracy. You can get down into, you know, are there paid actors coming in? And, and it, you know, like then you just you, you, you go down that rabbit hole and, and you never come back. And then it's Monday at 5.15 in the afternoon. And you're like, what just happened? <laughs> like, where did my weekend go? Um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's there's conspiracies everywhere, and it, it, it seemingly never ended. If you got into social media and you you started digging down these holes, it was really weird. And I'm I'm just saying these are the examples that I saw. You know, when it came to police, I saw police examples that that were pretty outrageous. I saw 
you know, the AutoZone thing that was weird. I, the, the the police have come out. The whatever the, there was a one one officer was accused of being that person, and that that station came out and said he has an alibi. It wasn't him. Um, I, I I don't need to get into what police station it was because just all conspiracy theories. And on top of that, there are protests. There's a reason people protest. Protests aren't supposed to be lawful. That's that's kind of why they're protesting. It's essentially if they did that lawfully, then we wouldn't care anymore. We wouldn't we wouldn't even be talking about it. We'd be talking about COVID nineteen or something else. All right, uh, we're gonna take a quick break here. Ken Gilliam, the Lacrosse Fire Chief, is gonna join me. Ken Gilliam is gonna provide some a couple of different perspectives. He was. A fire. I, I don't know if he was exactly his position in St. Paul, but he worked at, at the fire at a fire station in St. Paul, so he can bring me some perspective there. He could also talk about you know what they were doing here, just to just in case, right? Because you never know. So we'll be back uh, after this right here. I was a. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you got questions. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I, I would suggest texting right now because on the phone we have Lacrosse Fire Chief, City of Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam on. Uh, weird weekend, Ken. How did you? How did you? You know, I guess take all this in. Yeah. Hi, Rick. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, I think all, all of us are trying to get our heads around what's going on around the nation. Certainly in the larger cities uh, right now, uh, it's hard to. Uh, put words on a lot of the uh the emotions i think everybody's having uh happy to kick it around with you today it's just uh it's uh quite an evolving story though that's for certain definitely uh it's and it's it's kind of interesting too to see you know this thing that this this death that happens in minneapolis is now spread across the world like germany is having protests and and uh you know other countries so really really interesting to see uh how it's spread even you know and and it's spread in lacrosse like lacrosse has had uh you know its own peaceful protests as well yeah absolutely uh, so far all all of the protests we've seen around our area uh, this regional lacrosse have, have been peaceful i would encourage uh everybody to keep on that track i think uh you're seeing a lot of people that have been kind of uh, holed up with uh, some economic impacts over the last few months of covid-19 uh, tensions are already raw, and then kind of a spark ignites a fire up in the Twin Cities, and uh, a, a lot of outpouring of frustration um, from a from a public safety perspective. It's certainly hard, uh, you know, looking at it from from my vantage point. Lacrosse has got such a great police department. Uh, they, they're an accredited agency with you know with standards and uh, very pro training, and and uh, I, I would say doing things right. And uh, when you when you see a, a spark that happens far away from here, but it, it starts having negative impacts on uh, on close to home, it's 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 a little bit hard to, to wrangle with. So I would just I guess encourage everyone to uh, to stay calm. Certainly, uh, you're, everyone's entitled to uh, voice their opinion and and protest, but let's let's do it in a safe way and uh, let's have a good dialogue. Not necessarily uh, what we're seeing in the larger cities where. Uh, People are coming in and, you know, inciting riots and mayhem, and that, that's no good for any community. A City of the Cross, Fire Chief Ken Gilliam on with us. And Ken said, uh, we talked a little bit before the show, Ken said he'd, he'd be willing to take phone calls. Um, it's a little odd because you're not in studio, Ken, so we'll, I'll put you both on the, on the line here. We have a caller coming in, uh, so sure. we'll just take this call. Uh, caller, who is this? You're on the air. Hey, it's Scott. How are you, Rick? Hey, Scott, go ahead. You're on with Fire Chief Ken Gilliam, so if you got a question yes, for him. Yes, uh, Ken, I do. Um, are we prepared for, um, I guess, such a thing like what is down and uh, happening in the Davenport-Des Moines area where uh, there's a rumor 
of people being bussed into I eighty rest stop, and uh, they're gonna they're gonna move in the, the the instigators that come in from outside. Are we available and ready for something like this if they do decide to target uh, this area? My friend has a uh, a dog salon and everything, and they whoever it was wrote uh, gang and. Uh, I can certainly answer it. Um, I, I think La Crosse Police, La Crosse Fire, uh, our partners in this region, we're certainly, I would say, prepared for it. Um, it's what we spend our entire career preparing for is situations like this. Um, you, you know, certainly you don't want to see it come to this town, but I do think we're prepared. We're monitoring it. Um, uh, talking to colleagues around this state and up in the Twin Cities where I previously came from, uh, certainly a, a heavy inflow of people from outside of the area. So you're getting very far extreme groups coming in and taking advantage of a dynamic situation. But uh, for the residents of La Crosse, I, I think we're all in this together. Uh, if, if you see something that doesn't look right, absolutely uh, notify 911. Uh, let somebody know about it. And uh, we're we're watching that information and, and hopefully positioned in a way to keep it under control if, if it does migrate our direction. Yeah, we got Ken Gilliam, the fire chief of lacrosse, on with us, and we can get into uh, you know stuff that you've done to prepare Ken, and then maybe your perspective. You've talked to some, you've, I'm sure you have colleagues and friends in the St. Paul area where you came from. We can get into that in a bit, but uh, there's another caller. Number three is calling in. Uh, number three, you're on the air. Go ahead. Yeah, I was wondering. I got a friend who was a cop in Chicago for many years, and he said when they had riots down there, they used to call a fire department. And they'd come out and hit him with the hose. You ever heard of that? Uh, they used to do a lot of things decades back that uh, aren't commonplace these days. I think as you look at the footage from uh, the media around the country here in the past few days, uh, fire trucks are showing up to take care of uh, dumpster fires and car fires, and they're being instantly pelted with bottles and debris. And, uh, you know, they're, they're obviously being set up for an attack. Uh, I think it, at the core of being a human being, you're going to protect yourself. Uh, we're certainly making sure our people don't get themselves into a position uh, where they don't have a safe exit strategy. Um, to the to the far end of that, we are seeing cities where, as the fire department or the police department is getting attacked, I think we saw a police precinct up in the, the Twin Cities burned, and there's other buildings that they've had to abandon the fire attack on. Uh, it's absolutely tragic. Uh, but when the mob rules, you know you've got to uh, you've got to protect the responders at the same time. So I, suppose I don't anticipate us having to turn hose beams on anyone or, or putting ourselves in that type of position. Uh, no more does a, a law enforcement officer ever uh, want to be in a position where they have to draw their weapon. I think you know that's a last uh, last resort for for our professions of being in that defensive posture. And unfortunately, it's just a, a scary dynamic right now. In other words, you don't think a fire hose would split up the party. I think a fire hose puts out a amount of volume and pressure. Uh, it has a, a series of ripple effects beyond that. So I, I won't uh, I won't go on beyond that. It's a lot of what-if games from that point. It's not a standard tactic at this point in time. Yeah, fire hose, good at putting out a fire. I, th- I think if you turn it on the people and there's a mob mentality, if there was a, a, a lot more people than firefighters, that, that would turn into a dangerous situation for the firefighters. Who, you know, like, unless you had a lot of backup, but yeah, it doesn't, it sounds like a good practice not to do that anymore. Um, Ken, yeah, we, uh, we work with our police department well as far as um, when we arrive at a fire scene, we rely on our police officers to 
kind of protect our backs. And uh, if we were in a hostile situation like that, uh, we'd be definitely working in collaboration with the police department. They're trained security uh, professionals. We're trained at putting out fires and dealing with medical emergencies. And, and we got to kind of stay in our in our realms of expertise and trust each other to watch each other's backs. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Ken, I, Eric from Sparta is on, so we're going to put him on here. Eric, you're on with Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. You got a question? No, oh, I got a question about you and Andy. Okay, so never mind that. Uh, all right, so, Ken, just, uh, you know, when did you guys, you know, this the the thing with the, the, the police incident, killing, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, with George Floyd, it happened. Did you guys... Did you guys start to put together a plan or when you started to see protests go, okay, well, we're going to have to start thinking about, you know, in case uh, the unrest comes to lacrosse, when did you guys start to, to, to think about this? Or do you have something in place for this already? No, we have some things in place. Certainly, uh, we've got our emergency operations center fired up already. So Chief Kudron from the police department and I, we talk daily. Um, I, I think we're sitting in a good position with everything that was going on from COVID-19 and management of the city, that if things do escalate, uh, we can escalate with them uh, to hopefully keep things under control. Uh, that being said, right now, it's, it's kind of a, a waiting game. Uh, I, I feel comfortable with where the police department's at. They're, they're monitoring a lot of information and, and just trying to look out for the public safety based on the, on the data and the information they're able to gather through their, through their uh, threads that they watch. Um, beyond that, there's been no credible threats against La Crosse area to date, knock on wood. And uh, I, I think we're about, like I said earlier, we're about as ready as ready can be. Nobody wants to see that come here. Uh, and you can't, you know, you can't predict what we're seeing up in the Twin Cities or Milwaukee or some of these large cities where uh, there's just sheer overwhelming numbers of uh, rioters that are destroying the cities. All right. Fire Chief Ken Gilliam's on with us. We're going to br- take a break, uh, get a couple of ads in here. Scott's comment, the news coming back. And when we return, we'll, we'll keep we'll, we'll get uh, Gilliam's perspective on, on what's happened from St. Paul and, and see if he's talked to any friends and colleagues up there. All right. We'll be back right here on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam on the phone with me. 608 785 7914 is the number if you got texts, if you got questions. Uh, all right, Ken, so you you were the deputy chief with the St. Paul Fire Department for how long How long had you done that? Uh, probably since about uh, 2010. I was on St. Paul Fire Department for about 15 years and then a couple of fire departments before that. So a lot of friends up in the uh, Twin Cities area and a lot of the people that I started off with uh, way back when are now in officer level positions around the Twin Cities metro up there. Oh yeah. So did you did you kind of advance your career through the St. Paul Fire Department? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I wouldn't be in lacrosse had I not uh, did what I did at St. Paul. So I had a lot of great years there, and then uh, just, just spread my wings to a fire chief position, and thankful to be where I'm at now. I think. Uh, as all of this has unfolded over the last few days, certainly um, it's, it's no different than everybody else in America, probably reaching out to uh, loved ones and friends, uh, shout-out messages or phone calls to quite a few of my colleagues and peers just to see how they're doing. A lot of emergency operation centers uh, fired up up in the uh, in the metro area there. and uh, I think everybody's pretty well taxed and just, you know, kind of reaching out as a friend and making sure, you know, people are hearing a friendly voice on the phone. Yeah, I've I've have I don't have any friends that are firefighters or, or police officers, but I have friends that have you know they're witnessing this stuff firsthand. They're, it's out their window, and and uh, you know I might even get a couple of them to come on the air. We'll see. Uh, but you know I think one of my friends lives just down from the governor's mansion where there's you know Humvees parked outside and and just stuff like that. 
But but yeah, I, I guess you know. Have you have you gotten any any word back from any friends or colleagues up there that that have been able to? And maybe you can just pro- you probably could just describe you know what they're going through, you know, based on on what you're hearing. But hey, yeah, have you talked to anyone? And what yeah, are they sure. saying? Not speaking for anybody in particular up there, but in general, and I think it's what people are already seeing on on news media, uh, there are certainly people from outside of the area that have moved in, uh, extremists from every direction, uh, showing up to take advantage of a crisis and incite more of a riot and and more destruction. Um, There's clear evidence of that, and I I think as, as the larger cities get it under control, where does that element go? So I think everybody's on very high alert. Uh, People are very sensitive. I think turning it back to lacrosse, I I was actually downtown with my wife having dinner Friday night when the uh, rally uh, marched out of Riverside Park. It was very peaceful. I know they were blocking up some traffic, and that always frustrates people. I I think to the far end of it, though, there were a lot of people in that crowd that were carrying uh, a lot of signs with a lot of expletives to police in general. Uh, Again, it was a a spark that happened far away from here, but it it gets directed back to your local police department. Uh, I, I think that gets frustrating when you figure, you know, probably... The vast majority of those people, if somebody was kicking in the door of their house tonight, they're probably going to be dialing 911 and looking for, for someone to show up and, and help them out. So uh, I think there's just a lot of raw emotion right now, and people are trying to get their heads around what to do. And our our society as a whole is, was kind of founded in protest, so I think that's what we revert to sometimes. And, um, again, just cautioning everybody, you know, keep it uh, keep it safe and uh, keep it peaceful, and, and we should uh, get through this together. Yeah, watching some of the, you know, watching and reading some of the stories that have gone out, you, you know, there's there's one where there there's a there's people in between police and, and protesters. There's there's a guy and he's like, hey, not all black people, you know, there 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 was one. There's a couple of black people that are outliers that are doing inappropriate things. That's not all black black people, and there are a couple of cops that are outliers that are doing inappropriate things. That doesn't mean it's all cops are bad. So I, you know, and I think as we get you, as you as you pull that into the the lacrosse and, and local level, I, I feel like we 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 live in a pretty safe area in terms of not having so much to worry about that. But that's also me as a white guy. Just you know, I I've never had to think about that before, and and this has in the past couple of days got me thinking. Oh, I wonder what. You know, I haven't really actually thought about what it's like from a black person's perspective to to get into that situation. But I and I, I'm you know I, I'm not sure if they they yeah, worry absolutely. about that in the lacrosse area. No, I, I and I agree with you, Rick. I think it, everything's a matter of perspective, and um, it, we've we had several hundred years of history leading up to to what's going on right now. I think um, it, it's hard to get your head around. Um, but anytime you're casting a, a general net over an entire. Uh, over an entire profession, I, I don't think that's the right way to go. At least in my personal opinion, um, you know, like I said earlier, we we've got a great police department. It's it's full of great people trying to keep the community safe. And uh, right now, I think as as the police departments in whole are, are being attacked, I, I'm hoping the community rallies around what a great thing we have here in Lacrosse and, and lets our police department know that they're valued. Um, as we're seeing video of police and fire and EMS workers literally being attacked. I would hope that the uh, silent majority of the community would also step up and, and in a very loud voice say that that's not acceptable. We need to rally around the blue baby <laughs> outside the fire, outside the police station. Never mind, you didn't get it. Um, have you? So, I got it. <laughs> how long? How long have you been doing this again? You said eighteen years, but I don't know if that was how long you've been in the. In, I was saying, yeah, no, I've I've been in the fire service for twenty eight years. Twenty eight um, years. Okay, can you? Can you relate any of this to past anything? Like, you know, I know you're not a police officer, but you're a firefighter. Have you had to 
have you had to you know take calls into situations at all relatable to this? Uh, on a smaller scale, certainly seen large crowds go bad. I, I think in generality, though, certainly you know East Coast, West Coast, there have been some uh, dating back to the seventies and eighties large scale riots in New York and LA and different places, and you, you learn from those. You know, as you come up, you look at bigger situations and you carry those lessons with you uh, to hopefully you know continue to deal with things better. It's kind of like I said. I think in lacrosse, we're we're prepared. However, that being said, if if ten thousand people showed up tomorrow with the intent of burning the city down. Um, that would that would cause a real problem because we just don't have a system in this region with our population density to handle what's going on in the Twin Cities. It's just a per capita thing, and uh, these these transient groups that are roaming the states right now and taking advantage of this that's a, that certainly should be everybody's concern right now. Yeah, if a pile of bricks ends up at the intersection downtown, we'll probably probably start to be on guard. I would guess. Yeah, I mean, if you see the pile of bricks get dropped off, somebody should be saying that's odd, and maybe call someone, and we'll, we'll come take care of it. Yeah, get the license plate number of the bricklayers. Um, all right, <laughs> I think uh, we got another call here, Ken. So I'm going to put him on. Uh, caller, you're on with Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. You got a question for him? Yes, I do. Okay. I spent uh, 11 and a half years in the Army Reserve. Now, like up in the Twin Cities, they burned down that one uh, police precinct. You got the National Guard and you got other people there. Is uh, is there any reason why you can't, uh, they got weapons, why, why they can't warn them, then fire off warning shots? Why, why can't that be reserved? All right. I don't know if you have an answer for that, Ken, <laughs> as, a fire, as the fire chief. Oh. As you look at what happened with that police precinct, um, the police department in a way backed off and let that happen. But I, you know, we weren't there in that dynamic to see what led up to that. Uh, again, how many cops versus how many protesters. And sometimes you have to ultimately look out for the, the people's safety versus the building. Um, decisions are made. This thing is extremely charged and extremely political and, uh, firing shots in the air. While some may see that's a good idea. Others could see that as just exciting, uh, inciting more, more gunfire and, and more mayhem. So, uh, it's always those unintended ripple effects. It's it's a much larger picture. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like this isn't the Wild West where we fire off a couple of shots in the air just to you know let everyone know, uh, or or as a, a firefighter just shoot off some the water hose in the air. No, I'm just kidding. Um, now you know getting away from you, you talk about you talked about like if if there were some outside agitators that came into the city and and they overwhelmed the city that the, obviously the, the the fire department wouldn't wouldn't be able to to cover that. Uh, it's kind of like what we did to prepare for COVID nineteen. Is if you know the virus got into the city, we you know we weren't going to be prepared for for a flood because we just don't have the capacity at the hospitals. There's there's a little bit of a, a, a you know a uniqueness to both of those situations where they're relatable. Um, you know what 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 do you guys do going forward? Do you, do you change anything or do you are you at all? trying to supplement, I don't know, do you send people to Madison because they might need help or up to the cities? Is that Would it ever get to that? Um, certainly some of that is happening. We have not been requested here, but there's uh, our mutual aid networks. Um, in, in, uh, up in the larger scale of where it's actually happening right now, um, I, I've got friends in certain cities that have been over two counties away from their area helping fight fires, I think, is what you, what happened as you look at St. Paul and that midway area between St. Paul and Minneapolis. Uh, one of my colleagues said at one point they had like 57 fires in one evening going. Um, that, that's not something that the St. Paul or Minneapolis fire 
sees in their career um, as far as that many fires burning in one evening. So it's, uh, you know, certainly a different dynamic, and that's where those relationships and, and more of the regional associations and backup plans come into play. Um, you, you can't you can't prepare for that. You know, you plan for it as best you can, and then you deal with it as it comes, I guess, is the best way to leave it. Um, you guys, when you when you know before all this started, you, there was always talk of of kind of regionalizing the Lacrosse Fire Department with uh, with the other fire, you know, on Alaska Holman, whatever you have. You guys got has there been any ground gain from there? And from what's happening, would it be smarter to do it like that, or, or would that make things harder? No, absolutely, and this is my opinion, but it would absolutely be smarter. I think everybody knows I've been a proponent of at least talking about more regional collaboration between uh, fire EMS and public safety entities. Um, right now, the county is funding a study. Uh, that The brakes kind of got tapped on with COVID-19, but that regional fire and EMS sharing study is going on. A number of the communities in La Crosse County uh, agreed to proceed with it. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to see some more movement on that over this summer. Uh, we've just had some big delays, and, and that group's been allowing the departments to deal with a lot of the stuff we've been dealing with. But um, certainly we're stronger together. Uh, we've got fire departments in La Crosse County that are on different radio systems, and we're not all on the same sheet of music. So if, if a major catastrophe came to town, um, we could be situated better than we are today. And, and I think you know we're, we're heading in that in that general direction, but um, the, these opportunities come up to, to talk at it. But it, it's not like it's going to happen overnight either, so we're, we're at where we're at for the foreseeable future. Now, we've had uh, just kind of getting away from the protests and, and what's been going on the, over the weekend – um, and, and kind of relating back to, to the virus, we talked uh, about a month ago about what you guys were doing and how things have changed. Now, things are starting to change back uh, slowly. I don't know, you know, okay, first of all, have you guys, ha- has anything changed with the fire department? Have you guys been able to congregate a little bit more? Or are you guys kind of still going precautionary the way the way you were a month ago? We've been very precautionary. Uh, we have started to pull out of the remote locations where we had split rigs up just as of last Friday. Um, we're still strongly emphasizing social distancing and proper like masks and gloves and shields when we're out on, on incident calls and dealing with the public, trying to be socially respectful to a lot of people that are taking this serious. I think in generality, what we're very concerned about right now is we were we were trying to curb a pandemic that was going on. And as uh, you look at any of the video footage on TV right now, uh, social distancing has kind of been tossed out the window with angry mobs. Um, I, you know, it, it should be very interesting to see how what impacts this has on that on that health crisis that we've been dealing with for the past couple months, as all of these exposures are now happening over over the next few weeks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it just uh, it's going to be scary. Um, okay, so. You know, and, and then in relation to that, you know, as as the state has more or less opened up a little bit more, can you have you gotten more calls as the fire department got more calls or less calls or has it has there been a been any swing at all in, in the amount of work that you guys have had to do as the state's opened up? Yeah, I think as things slowed down uh, over a couple months span, uh, at least our fire department saw about a 10% reduction, 9 to 10% reduction in kind of normal call volume. We were seeing more serious calls. Uh, people weren't wanting to go to the hospital, so they're waiting a lot longer. Uh, you know, they're kind of on their their last breath when they're dialing nine one one. So it's kind of a changing dynamic from there. As things have opened up over the last few weeks, so yeah, we're kind of seeing things trend back to normal. Uh, on on kind of the sad 
part of it uh, a lot with the shutdown and, and a lot of people being home and the schools being closed. I know on the law enforcement side, we we're seeing statistics where they're seeing a lot more cases of domestic violence and concerns over child abuse and things where um, they're not in the school systems and those things are harder to identify. So there was a lot of kind of unintended ripple effects that we'll probably won't see for a few more months. Now you throw in this new crisis on top of it, and uh, 2020 just uh, it's going to be a year to, you know, as we look back in history, how we dealt with this is going to be pretty interesting. Are you still working out of a laptop and a cot in some upstairs off offset room in city hall yeah i'm still uh, living out of my backpack trying to practice what i preach and uh getting around town doing what i need to get done but i'm, I'm still relatively mobile and trying to slowly uh, ease back towards the fire station where where would you regularly be set up uh, i'm at the fire station one down at the market that's where our administrative offices are at so are all the guys in that fire station like super ecstatic that the the, the boss is, is out in some remote location and they don't have to wor- really worry about getting in trouble from the boss? I don't know. You'd have to ask them. I'm still their boss. They know I'm around. So, so <laughs> I, I've been trying to check in on them. We've been doing a lot of video conferencing. And I think you, you look at uh, you look at police and fire and uh, EMS, uh, it, it's already a pretty stressful career. And if, uh, if anybody's doubting it right now, the stress has been turned up about 100%. So it's been a lot more frequent check-ins on our folks and just – um, making sure that the people are doing okay at that human level. We're, you know, we're certainly worried about our, our people as uh, as that stress level just continues to drive upwards. It's not healthy for anybody. Yeah, I guess that's pretty interesting. You think about the mental health of everybody that's, you know, going through this pandemic, losing their job, and, and or maybe, you know, having to worry about money and putting food on the table. Uh, we just consider firefighters robots, and they don't have they don't have to worry about any of that stuff. They just get the job done. So you guys aren't robots? No, no, we're not. We have the same uh, feelings as everybody else. I think the, uh, you know, PTSD and a lot of stuff that the military has learned a lot about, it certainly affects police and fire and then a lot of the, the public safety groups that are out, you know, dealing with everybody else's problems. Yeah, it's, it's one of the things, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, that's right, the fire, you know, and you guys might even be more susceptible to that based on what you guys see every day. Absolutely. Um, all right, Ken. Well, thanks a lot for for stopping in and putting up with with me and you know everyone else that called in. Uh, no, really, really enjoyed it. My pleasure. It. I'm glad I can make it again. If I could have uh, 30 more seconds, I just I want to encourage everybody. You have the right to protest. Just uh, keep it uh, keep it peaceful. If you do see things that just don't seem right for our community, uh, call 911 and report it. Uh, we're on a heightened sense of awareness. Um, enjoy this great city, and, and let's just all kind of band together to make sure it doesn't get destroyed. Um, and if uh, if you can appreciate what I said about our police department, we, we've got a tremendous amount of great people working for us. Um, consider what they're going through as the entire National Police Service is under, under this uh, battle right now, and uh, certainly do what you can to support their efforts. And right. I, I thank you for your time, Rick. Yeah, definitely. All right, thanks, Ken. Take care. Fire Chief Ken Gilliam, City of the Cross. All right, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back right after this. I was a. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Thanks a lot to Lacrosse Fire Chief Ken Gilliam for coming on and and just getting bombarded with all kinds of questions. A little bit, and he handled it great. And some of these questions were, you know, not really fire department re- related, but he he enjoys coming on and, and just kind of getting into the mix. 